Hello, and welcome to the Interrobang Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Simon. Thank you for being with me today, and thanks for listening. Before we talk to our special guest, let's quickly go and talk about some of the news you may have missed this week. Starting off, a student of Fanshawe's design program, Jacqueline Bradica, has won a design competition for the new flight services program. The students in the program were asked if they could collaborate with a design for a scarf as part of the uniform for the flight services program. All the entries were proposed to the aviation department, and Bradica's scarf was the winning design. She commented and said although there were challenges, she enjoyed every step of the process. And talking more about Fanshawe students winning competitions, Natalie Tyson, a fourth-year student in Fanshawe's Honors Bachelor of Early Childhood Leadership, won $5,000 to bring her idea to life. After completing her internship with STEAM, Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Math Education Center in St. Thomas, Tyson saw firsthand how vulnerable families feel disconnected from varying events and services in the community. So, she came up with the idea to start STEAM camps to bring the community together and help everyone feel included. This idea won her an Ontario Community Changemakers microgrant of $5,000 and leader development and training to bring her idea to life. Tyson wants to get everybody in the family involved, including seniors. Some products she plans on doing with families are constellation projectors, making 3D glasses, and creating a buzzing bee. Tyson is hoping her project will be implemented by next spring, and she wants to ensure everything is safe with the pandemic restrictions and allow as many people as possible to benefit from her camps. And finally, the London Police Service says they have received no formal complaints of sexual assault or drugging in the Medway Siam Hall at Western University during a week since their investigation started three weeks ago. Police said they had recovered three reports of sexual assault during a week before launching the investigation, but that none of the cases are linked to reports online. Detectives with the Sexual Assault and Child Abuse Section are assisted by members of Western's campus police and Medside Dons to contact over 600 students in their joint investigation. While no formal complaints surface, police continue to encourage anyone who has experienced sexual violence to report incidents for investigation. Now, let me introduce you to our guest. This week is another episode of Reporter Rants, and today I'm joined with Hope Mahood, the coordinating editor for the Western Gazette. Now, let's take a look at what her day-to-day looks like. Hi, Hope. Thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast today. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. So I know you're the coordinating editor for the Western Gazette. Maybe you could, just to start off, tell us a little bit more about your position and what it is you do for the Gazette. Yeah, so I'm the coordinating editor of our news, opinions, and copy editing team. So what that looks like is I essentially run, direct, and edit all of our news coverage, as well as write some of it. And I kind of am the front runner for all of our breaking news. So taking our team of... We have four editors, um, one staff member, and then a bunch of interns and volunteers below us. All together, that form up the news team. So I am kind of making the calls on what we're covering, how we're going to cover it. And then I'm editing it once it's written. I'm helping direct those interviews, and I really love it. For opinions, I am working with our opinions editor, uh, Bella, and we're deciding what editorial content we want in there. We're running our weekly editorial boards which is a masthead, we published an opinions piece, and we're soliciting op-eds and letters to the editor from community stakeholders. And then our copy editing section is the backbone of our newspaper. I run that with our uh, social media coordinator, Gabby Glacier. And that is really just maintaining Canadian press style guidelines and house style guidelines consistently through all of our written material. Oh, that's amazing. How long have you been the coordinating editor and doing all of this? 
So coordinating editor was a new position introduced to the Gazette last year. We did some restructuring uh, for volume 114. Before that, I was the opinions editor. And before that, I worked as a copy editing intern. So I kind of moved through all the sections I now oversee. So fourth year at the Gazette, second as coordinating editor. Wow, that's amazing. And out of all the editing positions that you've done, you've done, I heard you saying, you know, culture and opinion and breaking news. Out of all of that, which one is just your favorite to kind of cover and play around with? Oh, I don't think I could pick a favorite. I think they all have their pros and cons, right? I love constructing arguments. Um, I love working with community stakeholders and talking to really interesting people with really interesting career paths. And I do that through opinions um, and hearing what they have to say about the topics of the day. Editing will always be like what's deep in my heart. Copy editing was my first love. I love getting through the nitty gritty. I'm very detail oriented. And then I love fast paced work environments. I love the rush of news. And I really just love being there at the center of all the happenings on campus and within the community. So I couldn't pick a favorite. Yeah, for sure. I, I can see why. And um, also talking about, you said you love the kind of fast paced environment that is the news. Going back to even before you were involved in the Gazette and reporting, what got you just into the world of journalism? What kind of introduced you into that whole sector? Um, my father actually worked for the Globe and Mail. He uh, retired before I was born, but there was always newspapers around my house growing up. We subscribed to the Globe since I was a kid. We always had a copy of the New Yorker. Uh, Toronto Star was usually also knocking around for my grandparents. I just grew up surrounded by news reporting and journalism. It's always been a part of my life. And I know we talked about it a little before, but you freelance for the Global Mail. How has that experience been? And how's it like being a freelance reporter and, and journalist? I guess, what's the difference between freelance and kind of what you're doing at the Gazette? How does it differ? It has been an absolutely incredible experience. I have learned so much working with the Globe. And yeah, the editors have been incredible. And I've really just learned so much about even just article structuring, how to approach things from a national news standpoint versus a local community news. Student journalism, of course, hyper-local. So you're dealing not only with just one small community, which is London, but you're dealing with a bubble within that community, which is Western's campus and what matters to those students. So writing for a very narrow audience compared to a very wide audience of the Globe and Mail. And yeah, the biggest difference would be just my roles um, in those places. For the Globe, I'm working as a freelance reporter. And then for the Gazette, I'm working as one of our senior editors. So the bulk of my work for the Globe is that interviewing, that writing, that stuff I started out here doing. And then for the Gazette, I'm really editing and directing coverage. I still write, but the bulk of my work is directing. Yeah, and, and talking more about freelance or really just that whole experience together, how long have you been doing uh, freelance for the Globe and Mail for? Um, very recently. Yeah. Um, it started this fall. They oh. reached out to me. It was, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, congratulations, first of all. And more on that as well. Have you had experiences or just stories even during your time freelancing or, you know, even the Gazette, just your whole journalism career in general, we can talk more about some experiences you've had or stories that just stick with you. Cause I know for me, I have my, my fair share of stories that Will always stick with me and, and whatever it is, but what are some of those experiences for you? I think there's so many because I've worked in so many different areas of our paper, right? I think every section brings, it, every section, every type of writing brings with it its own stories, known memorable moments. Yeah, I think my real thing is I love doing those live news events where we had our walkout protest at the beginning of this year. We had 
fake homecoming every single year and just being in that mass of students, um, watching a crowd of people making the news happen. I really do love covering those events, just the live tweeting, covering the orientation events, just seeing it happen before your eyes and even just being able to go up to the students at large who are taking part in these events and talking to them, asking like, what's up, why they're participating, what it means to them. It's just a really valuable chance to connect with the community. Yeah, for sure. And, and talking about the walkout too, and being that's more recent in terms of, you know, large scale groups of people coming together. Just talking about that experience specifically, because I know with the pandemic and, and everything like that, it really kind of took away what you're saying that you loved. You love those breaking news, being in those large groups of, of people. And with the pandemic, I mean, that's kind of, <laughs> they're not as common anymore, but after what's happened and God, just this last year or last month, I'm sorry, what were you doing with the walkout? How were you reacting? Just what was your experience being a part of the walkout just in general? It really was an incredible event to cover, just the speakers and seeing a mass of students. Like I've never seen that large a group of Western students gather for anything other than fake homecoming, I think I'd say. I wish we're under better circumstances, but I'm very glad if it had to happen that I was able to be there to cover it. I mean, I'm I'm from Fanshawe and I wasn't able to go to the walkout, but even just seeing it through, you know, live tweets and posts, because it was just trending everywhere and all over the news, it's it was almost kind of refreshing, I guess that's the one word I would say, to see that, you know, we are, you know, coming off of the pandemic, but in the midst of that people are coming together still and seeing that huge crowd of students stand up for something like that. I was even moved just seeing it through screens. So I guess my question is going from there. How did that affect you actually being immersed in all of that? That's a good question. Honestly, something I'd never considered. I think my focus at the time was very much on recording and getting what other people were feeling and what the event meant to them. Yeah, I guess it was just, like I said before, I was sorry about the circumstances that brought it out, but I was very glad that I was able to be there to help record it. But yeah, even beyond that with the pandemic, because I was working as coordinating editor during the pandemic as well. So we were fully online for that thing. We didn't have any access to our office. So this year, this fall, we transitioned back in person. So it's also that difference of being able to actually work with my news team and our copy editors and our opinions editor and my editor-in-chief actually in person to be able to make those snap decisions and adjustments as a team that you really need to do with breaking news. That was really hard to do online when we're dealing with Zoom and Slack and all these other things. So I'm very grateful we got to be in person for that event and that we were all able to coordinate together as a team because really all the news coverage we do here is going to be that team effort. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm in that same boat as well. I'm really happy that there's more of that in-person coming together and working with your team. You can see them more because it is hard through, like you're saying, Zoom and, and Slack and trying to kind of combine all the breaking news together. I It is really difficult to be able to do that through an online setting. But going back to what you were saying too before, talking about, you, you said you didn't really think about the how the event had affected you. You're focused on recording and there's you're in that kind of professional headspace, I guess we could say. So I guess my question is, because we've talked about it on other episodes as well, talking about the concept of coping and, you know, we are journalists and going out and reporting and the events we are reporting on, they do affect us in a way. And I know 
for me, I mean, I haven't been in this world of journalism for very long. I mean, I'm only in my second year at Fanshawe in their program, but I know for me, when I report on these types of breaking news events and something that's really impactful or saddening, sometimes I kind of push those feelings aside. And like you were saying, you're focusing, I got to focus on the recording. I got to focus on getting the shot and getting this out that you subconsciously kind of push away those feelings. So I guess my question is, how do you cope with those things afterwards? Well, I think that's the one really interesting thing about student journalism is I'd say more than most types of Canadian journalism, you really are a member of the community that you're reporting on. We only have a couple thousand students on this campus. So every news story you report on, I think you are in some way, just by nature, the size of the community you're reporting on, in some way connected to. In terms of coping with that connection, I think it's always been relying on my coworkers here. Like I am so lucky to have such an incredible, talented and strong and supportive team here at the Gazette. We all support each other and we're all going through the same thing. That's the beauty of having such a large newsroom of people who have dedicated too much, so much time to this space is we really are able to be that support network for each other. Yeah, absolutely. And, and talking about that community as well, because we've referenced that in, in more episodes that we've talked about here, but Comparing the community that you were saying is at the Gazette to what you're now introduced to being freelance for the Global Mail, do you kind of, I know you said you've only started there just for, since the the beginning of fall, I believe you said, but do you feel that same sense of community kind of outside your Gazette hub with everyone there? And Well, I found my freelancing experience, the kind of nature of your relationship with the publication is very different. So you're working with the editors, you're filing pieces and stuff, and you But I have found when I'm working in the broader London community, so when I'm covering broader community events like uh, Fake Homecoming or anything where the other local news outlets are sending their reporters as well, like CBC London, CTV, the London Free Press, I've always felt extremely welcome into that, like London journalism community. I've never felt like the student journalist who everyone's rolling their eyes at. I've always felt extremely welcome, extremely supportive. Maybe that partially comes with working in a smaller city than Toronto because I do have friends working at student publications there and I get the sense that maybe they don't feel quite the same but I've always felt very welcome and very supported by this community of local journalists who are willing to reach out and help us when we need it because they know we're just starting out in this field and really willing to welcome us into the fold when we're doing those media scrums with the MLHU. Yeah absolutely and I think that's so important to highlight as well because I remember before I even came into the whole, you know, journalism scene and just aspiring to be a journalist one day, I know that I was scared, you know, you see in movies and and TV shows, there is a competition, but they really, I didn't realize how much they played it up within those TV shows and and things like that until I I got into the scene. And it's just like you said, it it really is anywhere you go. No one's rolling your eyes at you. They've been in those shoes and they know what you're experiencing and feeling and they want to help you. So I think that's so important to highlight because not many people really know about that. I mean, I didn't until just a year ago when I first got here. So I guess talking about, like I said, I've only been doing this for, it's crazy, just over a year now, but you've been doing this for for quite a while. How has your, I guess, experience been thus far, just kind of transitioning from your schooling and going forward into now freelancing and being the coordinating editor? How has everything kind of flowed for you, if that makes sense? I am still a full-time student, so I do a full course load here at Western as well. But I found 
My experience has been really nothing short of incredible here at the Gazette. I've done many different roles here and I've loved them all for different reasons. Um, I started off as a copy editing intern and that really was a, a really great introduction to all the different types of writing we do and just the different standards we hold ourselves up to. Moving on to opinions, I loved constructing those arguments and then moving on into the role I have now where I'm running our news section and overseeing the sections I used to be an editor in. Yeah, I can't say there's any part of it I'd give up. Yeah, absolutely. And and going back to talking about, you said you were still, you're still a full-time student, so you're juggling, you know, working for the Gazette, but also the Global Mail. And I guess just talking about the concept of being a student and juggling a job, because you do have, you know, two jobs and you're saying you have a full course load on top of being the copy editor and you were covering so many different things. And especially for journalism, you know, I've always been told news doesn't stop and it really doesn't. So how do you kind of manage or or balance your lifestyle there? Um, Good question. Still trying to work that one out myself. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think a large part of it comes with genuinely enjoying what I do. I genuinely love my job here at the Gazette. I love the work I'm doing for the Globe and I love my classes. So it's very easy to be motivated to do these things. And I love being busy. Like I genuinely love having a lot on my plate. As I get older, I think I'm learning I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie. So I love having that pile of stuff to work through and constantly feeling like, yeah, there's something for me to be working towards. Just kind of reflecting on that for me personally, I think that's such a good mentality to have, especially as a journalist, because it is just, it is fast paced, like you were saying. So to have that mentality where you, you know, you said you're an adrenaline junkie, sorry, but you, <laughs> you, you like having the workload and there's always something to do that is, I think that's just so important for, I guess, not only journalism, but really any job or any position that you take on. And I think well, my little brother is applying to university right now. And what I've been telling him and just kind of people in his friend group is while well, they're asking out, reaching out, just kind of asking, what should I be looking for when I'm applying is what program should I be going into is I've kind of just been saying, do what you love and what you're good at and trust that things will fall into place from there. That's kind of what I've done since starting my undergrad. And I really lucked out with that system. And if you don't mind me asking, what are you taking at Western? What are you studying? I'm a double major in English and classical studies. So that's English literature and then kind of ancient Rome, ancient Greece. Oh, that's amazing. And, and yeah. talking about your your brother too, and you were saying a lot of his friends, they're all trying to, to come into the school like that. And it's fast paced. And I know that's also a good mentality to have when you're, you know, battling just school in general, because I know college and university, it, it can be fast paced and really stressful, especially from coming from, you know, high school or to post-secondary. So I guess what would be a big piece of advice you would give to some of our listeners now who are maybe in the midst of that transition, who also are looking for some advice on what to do and how to, how to manage? I would say prioritize your mental health and figure out what courses, especially in your first year that you are doing as a break from your other courses, if that makes sense. So you don't want to study for your math exams. So you compromise by doing your English homework. I think that can be a sign of where maybe you should be going. For sure. And, and talking about breaks too, because that's really important. You know, you always need a little, a little downtime with any job that you do. And I know, I know you love the, the workload and you love always having something to do, but with the news, it can be a little, I guess the right word to say is, is overwhelming at some, sometimes, especially when you have maybe a lot coming at you and you need that 
break. So how do you find ways to kind of step back and relax and take a break? Because I know it's hard with the news because it's always coming at you, even if you're not a journalist. So how do you rest? (laughs) (laughs) I feel a little called out, but no, no, (laughs) no, I have. Uh, Like I said, we have an incredible team here. So uh, one big thing recently has been we can't eat in our office because of COVID. So it's going out for lunch breaks altogether. So going downstairs, Mm -hmm. grabbing coffee, grabbing our lunch, just kind of all sitting around together in a big group and just socializing, having fun, taking that break from work and our computers. And then I also have friends who graduated recently. So making time for Zoom calls with them and just chatting about what their lives look like outside of that student journalism bubble. Um, one of them's working at CHCH now in Hamilton. So their broadcaster, um, my other friend is still in London. So we do those about once every week, every two weeks. Uh, sometimes we'll stream rom-com together and it's just important to value those relationships just outside of work as well and making sure that there's time for those. Yeah, absolutely. And, and kind of going into one of my final questions here, just talking about we talked about it a little bit before, but it was just that transition from, you know, coming offline, you know, in the terms of Zoom, and that's how you interact with your your fellow workers. But now coming into terms of more in-person, you say you guys go up for lunch breaks and things like that. But did you feel like there was a, I guess, a little bit of a barrier coming off from, well, I don't want to say barrier, more like a, a hurdle to kind of overcome when it, when it came to readjusting to this whole in-person life and how did you guys deal with that? It's a really good question. Um, Yeah, I will say I feel like a very fortunate member of the masthead. I'd worked at the Gazette in person for two years and then had the COVID year in between. So it really wasn't an adjustment to an entirely different method of working. I always knew how to operate within the office in person. And I was lucky that most of my news team had experience working for us in person too, be it as interns and volunteers. Um, Our senior news editor, Ashley, had also been on the masthead before COVID. So a lot of our news team was coming in with experience of working in person. Our opinions editor was. um, Our copy editors had also been interns and volunteers in person. So we were pretty lucky that we had that I would say a large portion of the masthead that I work with already kind of was coming back to the office with expectations of how we were going to run and what we were getting back to. So I guess I was really fortunate that I already had those in-person relationships to build off of. And it was more those in-person relationships that sustained us through the pandemic. And then we were able to return to those in person. That's amazing. And wrapping that all together now and kind of going into my last question and talking about maybe your even just future goals within the world of journalism, where do you hope to see yourself? And I guess, what are your hopes for your future in journalism? I hope I'll be happy. I, right now, I love the work I'm doing. I hope I get to keep writing news. I hope I get to fall in a position where I can continue editing work and maybe work towards continuing to make those calls after the Gazette and after I graduate. But yeah, I hope to keep doing work in this industry that I enjoy and find fulfilling. Amazing. Well, thank you, Hope, so much for joining me here on the podcast today. This has been absolutely incredible. And thank you for taking the time out of your your busy schedule to sit down with me for a little bit. No, thank you for having me. This is really nice. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Interrobang podcast. You can catch up with every episode on Google Play, Apple Music, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to our newsletter to keep up with all things Fanshawe.